Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Good morning, church. It's good to see each and every one of you. If you're joining us online, we're glad that you're with us as well. So um, just as a, before we kind of get started, I just wanted to say like, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, and before you kind of get real caught up in all the cookouts and going to the lake and whatever it is that you're doing, even if you don't have any plans, I just encourage you, like, take some time and remember why it is that we celebrate this day. And also, like, spend some time in prayer for those families who have lost loved ones who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, so this past Thursday, I was stopping by the house to get some lunch. I was warming up some leftovers and as I walk in Sarah and the boys are sitting in the kitchen nook and the boys are reading some books and uh, Zeke turned to Sarah and said mom can we play the ladder game he was talking about shoots and ladders um, and she said nobody uh, not right now maybe later um, and then Xander a little bit later said mom can we watch a show and Sarah said nobody we're gonna eat lunch here in a minute and Xander was not happy with that answer He turned to her and said, Mom, we brushed our teeth. I don't know what that meant. Like, uh, we brushed our teeth so we don't have to eat. I don't know. Um, But, you know, here's the thing with kids. Kids know to ask their parents for things, right? Kids just have like an instinct to ask their parents for the things that they want. That's just, this is true. And, you know, as people who maybe follow Jesus and you surrender to Jesus, you've been adopted into God's family and you are a child of God, which means God is your father. And, you know, isn't it interesting that for, for some of us, we, we kind of got to the point where we got a little older and we stopped asking God for the things that we want. And, and maybe for you, like maybe you used to, like maybe you, you, you had something that you were praying to God for, like just praying and praying and praying and pleading. And you were just continuing to go to him and asking him to do something. And, and it seemed like his answer was no, because of what you were asking for didn't come to be. And maybe you find yourself at a spot where you've just kind of given up on prayer. You just kind of give, well, why even bother asking him? Cause he's just going to do what he wants and people are going to do. What they do, why bother? Or maybe for some of us, the reason why we don't ask them for the things that we want is because we're like, you know, okay, I see what's going on in the world. Like, I think God's got enough on his plate than to bother with my minuscule requests. There's a lot of other people dealing with a lot, a lot more stuff, and I don't want to bother God with what I've got. Or maybe you're like me, and you just, you just have a hard time asking God for the things that you want. You just kind of find it maybe a little bit unspiritual to, to admit to God that you have some some wants, some some desires, and you're like, okay, I. You, you just kind of tend to pray, all right, God, do whatever you want, however you want. I'll just do whatever you want me to do, and you just have it. You like do whatever. I'm fine with that. Uh, maybe you're you're like me, and you just kind of have a struggle with at, like admitting to God that you want His will to be a certain way, and admitting that. Um, so Jesus today is going to give us a little bit of insight on what it looks like to pray, especially to pray as a child of God. And also he's going to invite us into the life that, that he is calling us to and give us some specific guidance on that. So if you uh, have your Bible, we're going to be jumping into Matthew chapter 7. 
Matthew chapter 7. So if you have your brick and mortar Bible, you can follow along and turn there. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. Jesus says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So I think sometimes we fall into the trap of believing that the life Jesus is calling us into is a life of passivity. That we're supposed to just sit around and wait for God to audibly speak to us, give us a clear sign of what we're supposed to do and where we're supposed to go and how we're supposed to do it. And we just wait for him and we just live passively. And yet Jesus is giving us three active verbs to do and to live by. And that is to seek and to, to, to ask and to seek and to knock. And he's really applying that to how we interact with God and really what it is to live into a relationship with him. It's to ask. Like when you don't, when you've got something that you don't have that you want to have or something that hasn't happened but you want it to happen and whatever it is, he's inviting you as a child of God to go to the Father and ask for it. Just like my kids do. Like early in the morning, I'm in my office at home and the kids come downstairs um, and we're working on the whole knock and the door will be opened, you know, the knocking thing. Um, and they'll just barge into my office and say, dad, I want some breakfast. Is it, can we have some breakfast? And, and depending on what time it is, I'll either have to say, buddy, like it's not time yet. Or, uh, yeah, like I'll stop what I'm doing. And we'll get some, some breakfast. Cause we have these like, okay to wake clocks. They've, they turn a certain color when it's time for them to come downstairs. Because if it was up to my, my son's. Uh, they would be ready for breakfast at 5 a.m. And I'm just not ready for them at that time, you know? Like, I might be awake, but I'm working on the coffee so that I can be ready to be a dad yet, you know? Like, we're just not there yet, kids. Just go back to bed, right? Uh, but depending on the time, okay, ask, and they, they will be given some cereal or some oatmeal. Or, like, if my boys, like, if you're like them, then you got yogurt and oatmeal and cereal, like, they just go ham on uh, some breakfast, right? So ask. If you got something, to ask God for it. If you, you don't know what direction to go, then seek the Lord and you will find it. And, you know, if you come upon your life, and all of us have had seasons, right? Like where we just go up to the door and, it's, you know, it's, it's locked. And go to the next door, it's locked. And go to the next door, it's locked. And you kind of feel like you're in the hallway, not knowing where to go, and you feel a little stuck. And Jesus is saying, hey, go ahead and knock and the door will be opened you know but have you ever prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and when you were done praying you found yourself really frustrated because the answer was no anybody you prayed and you prayed and you prayed you thought it was a good prayer you thought it was a good thing that you were asking god for you were asking you were seeking you were knocking no matter how much you prayed, no matter how fervent you were, no matter how much you fasted, it just didn't, the answer wasn't yes. I've, I've had that kind of a thing happen more than once, but for instance, uh, there was a period of time where I was, uh, for, for five years, I'd been praying for the same thing. Five years, just praying and praying and praying and talking Sarah's ear off about it and friends and just praying and praying and praying. Um, I, at the time, I was an associate pastor in Cincinnati and, um, you know, when we had 
uh, moved from Fort Wayne to Cincinnati, the idea was like we were responding to what God prompted in us, like it was his idea, um, that, that we would go into vocational ministry. It was a wild thing, Super Bowl Sunday, um, 2011. We both walked out of church that day looking at each other like, did you feel that? Because God was speaking something to us. And, you know, when we sat down with our mentor and associate minister at the church, Cedar Creek, um, you know, he, he was like, hey, wh- like, what, what are you thinking the Lord is saying to you? Uh, Greg was his name. He was asking me that. And I said, well, I think God wants me to do what Mike does. And Mike was the lead minister at the church that we were part of. And, you know, I just like, okay, God's calling me to preach and to lead. And that's what I believe God's calling me to do. So we moved to Cincinnati and um, started working in churches and pursuing that. And I had started out as a youth pastor and then moved to an associate pastor, kind of teaching and doing discipleship and, you know, all that while and just praying and praying and praying like, Lord, when is it going to be like, like it was your idea, man. I I moved all this way for you. Like, this is like, when are you going to actually fulfill your end of the bargain here um, on what you called me to do? So I was praying and praying and praying and getting frustrated and praying and praying and frustrated, praying and praying and frustrated. Anybody else ever been there? So all of a sudden, like I'm sitting there at the desk, we were um, at, at a church plant, so we didn't have any offices, so I was working from home. I'm sitting at my desk doing, doing some work, and then all of a sudden, my phone rings. You know, it wasn't like a ring, ring. I was like, it was on vibrate, but you know, you get the idea. Ring, ring. Answer the phone. Hello? Hi, is this Brandon? Yep, that's me. Um, well, this is such and such, and I'm with uh, this church in Fort Wayne, and um, you know, I was talking to the, the staff over at Cedar Creek, and they recommended me come and contact you because we're looking for um, our next lead minister to come and to um, preach. And so I wanted to see if you would be interested in talking to us about that. And in this moment, my heart leapt up, and I'm like, huh, okay, Lord. Like, amen, hallelujah, you finally answered the prayer. It's been a minute, man, but thank you. Um, better late than... Never, right? And so, okay, we're starting to talk. We're having these conversations, and we're um, going through it, and, you know, interviewing and all that. And then eventually we, we visit Fort Wayne to this church, and it, it seemed to go well. But here's the thing. I, I had told my superiors, the people I was serving under, my executive pastor and my lead pastor at the church there, about it because they knew from the very beginning that I felt called to be a lead pastor someday. And so I was very open to them uh, about this whole process. And they were, thankfully, like wisely walking me through on what to look for and what questions to ask. And because they knew what um, I, you know, have found out is like, like the leadership of a church is vital, right? The, so you want to make sure that if you're going to be your first go around as a lead pastor, you want to go to a leadership that's healthy, right? To a church that's not going to just chew you up and spit you out because that's how some churches do it. And so like they were uh, walking me through it and listening to me on the interactions and they're asking me questions and I was answering them and all this. So we go through this process, go through this process, praying it, praying, 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 go visit. Okay. That, that seemed to go okay. And, and so like we're walking through it and we go back home and talking to them and Sarah and them both just turned on me. No, they, they were actually very wise. And I don't think this is wise to do. I don't think this is where we're supposed to go. And, um, and, I, and I, like, I knew that was true, but I didn't want to admit it because I had been praying and praying and praying and praying, asking God to do this. And so ultimately we had to tell them, hey, we're not going to be coming to be your, your you know, like next lead minister, lead, pre, lead pastor, whatever. Um, in Fort Wayne. And, you know, have you ever gotten to the point where you prayed and prayed and you thought God answered it? 
And then you just end up frustrated. I've been there. Maybe you've been there too. Maybe you were praying about something really, really good. And you thought, God, like, why would God say no to this? Like, you're even quoting scripture and you're like, ha put you in a corner, God. Like, you got to say yes. Anybody ever been there, right? Like, Lord, your word says this and this. And so here it is, Lord. Here's the application of that text to my life. So you got to move. You got to do, you got to say yes. And, you know, you prayed and you prayed and the Lord either said no, or he said not yet, or. Maybe he said yes, but, but probably maybe like he, he said, maybe he said no or not yet. Or maybe he said like, hey, I need you to think about this thing. And he led you to grow through an experience. It's something you had to learn because of what you went through. You know, it's interesting because this passage says, um, it's, it's very clear, right? Jesus says, if you have your brick and mortar Bible, you can look at this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. That's pretty clear, right? Uh, for everyone who asks, receives. This is good news. Just ask him. Like, you know. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, you can really take this text and be like, well, Lord, you know, I'd like a lake house. I'd like the best jet skis, you know. Um, for a Memorial Day weekend, like, amen. Like, the whole church is invited. You know, I'm generous about it. Um, but here's the thing. Um, Ask and it will be given. What's that it mean? What's he talking about? Ask and it will be given. Well, what will be given? Well, we assume it's the thing that we're asking for, right? But has God ever said no to you? Sometimes he says no. See, Craig Blomberg, he's a uh, scholar and um, he wrote about this passage. He said, it, in verse 7, is somewhat misleading. The word does not refer to any particular thing requested but forms part of a divine passive construction. So go back to grammatical days. Forms part of a divine passive construction that means ask and God will give you what he deems best. What he deems best. And you can ask him, and you should. And Jesus is actually inviting you and encouraging you to ask him for what you want and ask him for what you need. And say, Lord, like, hey, I know that your will is your will, but hey, I'd like your will to be this. <laughs> Just like, I mean, Jesus did this in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Before he's arrested and and then later beaten and crucified and um, all of that. Like, he was, he knew what was happening and he went to the Lord and, and, you know, he brought his friends with him and they fell asleep while they were supposed to be praying. Not good friends, but, you know, even Jesus had a struggle with friendships, you know, so you're not alone. Um, And so Jesus is praying and praying and praying like, Lord, if this cup could be taken away from me, this cup of wrath could be taken away from you, please do it. But then he prayed... Not my, Lord, my, not my will, Lord. Your will be done. Not mine, but yours. Like, if this can be arranged, then let's do it. But ultimately, Lord, you know what is best. Here's the thing, friend. Your heavenly Father wants what is best for you. Your heavenly Father wants what is best for you. Like a loving father who cares for his child. Like a, like a caring father who wants what is best. Like a father who has a better perspective than the child does in life. Your father wants what is best for you. And sometimes the thing we ask for, even though we seem like, it seems like it's good. Even though it seems like it's exactly what the Lord would want to do. And we quoted the scriptures. When we ask him, sometimes we ask him for the thing that he's not going to give us because he's trying to give us something different. Sometimes we don't ask for the right thing. 
And I, you know, I don't pretend to know the reasons why God didn't answer that prayer the way you hoped he would. You know, like maybe you, you were dealing with a friendship and you wanted that to be reconciled and that's just not how it went. Maybe you were dealing with a loved one who was suffering and you, you just wanted that pain to be taken away. And, but you wanted them to live, but they, they didn't. Like, I don't know all the reasons why God would sometimes say no. But I do know that sometimes he says no. And in my experience, it's because he wants what's best for us. And sometimes life also just happens. It wasn't God pulling the strings happening it. Sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray and we end up frustrated. We end up just mad at God. And it's okay to admit when you're in that spot. But he's still inviting us to go and ask him, to seek him, to knock on the door. And he'll open it. This is, what, what does it say? Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at this again. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be opened. Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Now, notice, he didn't say, hey, who among you, if your nephew or niece asks you for, you know, something? Because they all got some uncles who would totally give you a thing of stone that looked like some bread when you asked for some bread. Y'all got some uncles like that, don't you? Uh Uh-huh. Is it just me? Okay. Um, or who, if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a stink. Y'all definitely got some uncles who would do that, right? Um, and, and you're, you're still traumatized by it. Um, but, but he's saying, no, no, no. If, if you're a father, if, if your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a stink. They won't do that. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Is it okay to pray for what you want? Is it okay to pray for what you want? It seems like Jesus is inviting us to do that. It seems like Jesus is encouraging us to take what we have to the Lord, to when, when there's something we want, to ask him for it. Now, I will say James 4.3 says, You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Like, obviously, check your motives on it. But he is encouraging us to ask and to seek and to knock. But the thing is, God has a perspective that we don't. He, he can see the whole picture. And we might be looking at this situation like this, and we're like, Lord, please make a left-hand turn right here, but he knows that that left-hand turn won't be good for you. And she's like, no, we're going we're gonna to keep on moving through here because there's something for you to learn. There's something for you to do. There's a person you need to meet. There's a person you need to serve, whatever it is. He's encouraging you to seek the Lord, like seek him out. You know, who among you, if your child was, um, you know, it doesn't matter how old they get, right? You want your child to come to you and talk to you. You just do. Like, you want to have that relationship. You want to have that conversation. Even if they're going through something and they're showing up. Like, think about this, right? Maybe you're an empty nester and your kid shows up and you hear the knock on the door. You're going to... You're going to open the door, right? Because you want to spend time with your child and they come in and maybe they're going through something and, and, and you like, you, you want to help them. You want to save them from it, but you know, and this is what we have to learn as parents, right? Um, you know that if you swoop in and save them from their situation, they won't learn the lesson that's embedded in the situation, right? 
So sometimes you've got to walk with them through it versus fixing it for them. And sometimes, like I'm just thinking about this, like maybe God's done that with you sometimes. Maybe God's been with you through it. He didn't fix it, but he walked you through going through it so you could learn something in it. Right? There's just something in there that God wanted you to see. N.T. Wright says this, maybe it isn't selfish to ask for things. Maybe it's just the natural thing that children are supposed to do with parents. Maybe our refusal to do so actually makes God sad or puzzled. Like, why aren't his children telling him how it is for them? What they'd like him to do for them? Like, there is something that happens when we pray that changes us and builds in intimacy with God. Even when he doesn't say yes to your every request. But here's the thing that we can proclaim, and this is true for each one of you. He might not have always said yes to my every request, but there's plenty of good gifts he showered me with. He might not have said yes on everything, but there's been some plenty of things that he's said yes to and showered me with. And it might have even been some stuff that we didn't even ask for, even think that we needed. But God gave it to us. 1 John 3, one says this. See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. And we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. See, I mean, how many of us have ever thought, you know what I need, you know what I'm missing is for God to call me his child. Like God decided to send Jesus into this world, put on flesh to dwell among us. Not just so that we would be saved from our sins, but something far greater than that. And this is something, if you get too familiar with it, you miss it. This is so significant that we were orphans without hope, without anyone there for us, because we had rebelled against God, because we had ran away from the home. And now God has made this such a way that Jesus has taken upon the sins of mankind, and then he has brought together uh, reconciliation between mankind and God, and Jesus has made a way for you and I to be adopted as sons and daughters of the Most High King. That you are now sharing in royalty. You are a part of the royal family of the universe because you are God's child. And now, those of us who who maybe have gone through life and, and wondering, like, what is our hope and what should we do? And now we have God as our Father and He is reparenting us in the ways of His family. All of us, we, we've got baggage from our childhood, no matter how good it was or how bad it was. We've all got stuff because our parents weren't perfect. I mean, newsflash, okay? Um, but, but we've all got some stuff, and, and we now need to be reparented into the goodness of God by our Heavenly Father. And that is the journey that we have. Like, how much has God done for you? He's saved you from your sins. He's showered you with grace. He's showered you with mercy if you surrender to Jesus. And how many of you deserved it? No hand should go up because you didn't. Like my my, Lecrae, he says, hey, if we fought for our rights, we'd be in hell tonight. Because if we got what we deserved, we would have no opportunity to be a part of God's family. That, that is just the case. And so all we've been given hope and we didn't deserve it. Peace and we, should, we didn't deserve it. We've been showered with love even though we gave God the Heisman at times in our life. He showered us with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. He's given us that gift. And he's even given us, I mean, he's given us our needs. Are you breathing? Are you breathing? Yes, every breath is a gift from God. 
I mean, if he decided to stop holding all of this physics and all this stuff, if he stopped holding it all together, we'd, we'd just all go poof. I'll be done. And he's even giving you some of your wants, too. Like, I encourage you this week to, to actually think about what has God given me. Like, recall the gifts God's given you. And go back to him again and again and again. Because some of us, we've gotten so focused on what we didn't get that we haven't been going back to God. We haven't been asking him and seeking him and knocking on his door. Because we're like, oh, God doesn't care. Oh, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Take a step back and actually collaborate and listen. I mean, I, this might be a couple of weeks in a row that I've quoted Vanilla Ice. That's good. Let me just share with you my list. Just some things that I've thought of that good gifts that God has given me, okay? He's given me a transformed life, a gift that I did not deserve. The, the very fact that I'm using my words right now to proclaim the word of God to you, for some of you uh, in that row especially, who knew me before this stuff, is, you find it a joke. Like, God laughs at that. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a hilarious moment that God has taken my mouth to proclaim hope and be some part of a way of actually being a little bit a part of someone believing God through his word and having faith in him. Like, that's just ironic and hilarious for anyone who used to know me. The person you see, the person you talk to, the person you hear is not the same person I used to be. And thank God for that. A transformed life. He's, he's given me a wife who was my best friend. And y'all, we didn't start out uh, like we're high school sweethearts. Neither one of us knew anything. Like, just nothing about relationships. I had no idea how to be a boyfriend, let alone a husband. Like, both of us came from divorced homes. Like, we, we just, like, we didn't have the, the blueprint of, of, of relationships that just work all the way, right? Like, we just didn't have that. We didn't have that. And, and going from dysfunctional to like, we've learned some stuff. We've both become wiser. And God's brought us, brought us closer together. And it just keeps getting better and better. And that's, that's just attributed to God, not because we've got stuff figured out. So like, he, God's given us some gifts. God's given me four beautiful, crazy, awesome, healthy kids. That are just like, they're all different, and it's awesome to see them grow and learn. He's given me purpose and drive. He's given me good health. He's given me spiritual gifts. He's given me a skill set, a nice home that, that fits our large family. We've got six of us in there. You know, he's given us the ability to have Sarah stay at home for the, this whole time our kids have been alive. It wasn't easy. It's not been easy. We've just scratched and clawed at times, but he's given us that gift. We've got vehicles that get us from point A to point B. And he even gave me a fun car, a 1987 Trans Am. That, by the way, if you're just, you know, it's slow, just so you know. Like, it looks cool. It looks fast. But, hey, if you pull up next to me in a minivan, rev your engine, I ain't taking you up on it. I ain't falling for that. No. I already know how it's going to go, Okay. <laughs> but it's fun and it's cool. It's got T-tops and it's fun. Like, you know, sometimes God gives you some things that you want. But not always. Not always. But what has it been for you? What's, what's been the stuff that you could point to? Like, God's been faithful. God's given me gifts that I don't deserve. Because I don't even deserve any. I don't even deserve to be alive. Like, I'm, I'm living this life because he gave me a gift of life. None of us deserve it. None of us could earn it. So what has he, been, what has he done for you? He's gotten you to this point, hasn't he? He's allowed you to have some good friendships at school. 
He's, he's allowed you to, to have some parents who care for you. He's allowed you to have some friends who will go to bat for you. He's allowed you to, to learn some stuff through the darkest times of your life. He's walked with you even though you didn't want to walk with him. He sat with you when you didn't want to move. He's been there for you. He, he gave you grace when you were trying to parent your kids and you had no idea what you're doing. Amen. <laughs> and then you're like, man, now you're, now you're a grandparent. You're like, oh, I see it now. That's what I did wrong. <laughs> and then you still find yourself doing the same thing. But he's been there for you. He's been walking with you. You know, Jesus, he says this in verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. For this is the law and the prophets. So this, this kind of feels a little odd in the sequence of what we've been talking about. We're talking about ask and seek and knock and, you know, that whole prayer thing and giving good gifts. And then, and then Jesus throws in this therefore. Like, when, and remember, Bible, Bible study, you know, trick. What's the therefore? Therefore, when you come upon a therefore, you've got to figure out what is therefore. And so um, the interesting thing about this is Jesus, is, is he talking about like therefore because you ask, seek, and knock, and therefore you should do unto others, as, you know, like the whole golden rule, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. Um, that just doesn't seem connected. It seems a little bit off. But if you do go back, like Jesus is doing what preachers call a callback. So I might give you something in the beginning, you know, like uh, my, my boy's asking Sarah for something, but she had the wisdom to give them lunch in that moment instead of having them play a game or watch some TV or something, right? Had the wisdom to know the perspective that they didn't have to give them what they weren't asking for, but what they needed, right? And so uh, Jesus, in the same way, is doing a callback, just like I gave to you, Matthew five seventeen. If you have your brick and mortar Bible, you can look this back up. Don't think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And so back in Matthew 5, verse 17, Jesus is giving them insight into what the law and the prophets were and like the reason why he came. And so he said, hey, I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. And so between there and the beginning of his message, all the way up to now, like we've been going through Matthew 5, 6, and now 7 for the last number of months, right? Um, all this stuff that he's been saying, he's calling back to us to say like, hey, yes, this, this life that I've given you is active. Ask, seek, and knock. And then also, like, if you want to sum up the whole of the Sermon on the Mount, as he starts to wrap it up in Matthew chapter 7, he's saying, do whatever you want others to do for you. Do for them. It's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? The interesting thing about this is that this would have been a common kind of like saying, only Jesus flipped it on his head. It used to be said uh, more in the negative in religious circles, like, hey, don't do the thing that you hate to another person. Like, like don't, don't treat them, like don't, don't hate them because you wouldn't want to be hated, like that kind of a thing, right? But in that way, if you say don't hate someone or don't be hateful to someone, um, then you really you can obey that command by doing nothing. This is as long as I'm not hating. I ain't slapping anybody today. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm winning at this Christian thing, right? I didn't, I didn't pop off at them, so I held back. But Jesus flips it on his head. Say, hey, I ain't just saying don't do the things that you wouldn't want done to you. But he's requiring us to actually do the things for others that we would hope that they would do for us. Hey, if you want to be loved by others, you should love them. 
Not as a transactional thing, but you should treat them the way that you would want to be treated, right? We tell our kids this. We tell our grandkids this. We tell our friends this. We try to remind ourselves this, um, right? Like we, we got to say, hey, love them. Hey, if you want somebody to listen to you, you should listen to them. If you want somebody to be encouraging to you, you should be encouraging to them. If you want to, if you want to have a peaceful relationship, you would, you should make peace. Like that's just what it is, right? And so Jesus is saying, hey, this actually requires something of you. You have to actually do something. This is a beautiful, life-changing vision that God has for us. If you think about this, um, this is how it was for me when I was back in like middle school, high school. Um, So I would operate from the the like positioning, like I didn't have God in my life, and so I didn't really go to God for anything. But I would go to people for things, right? So. Um, because of my relationship with people, like I would, I would go to them and like I would wear certain clothes to, to be cool. I would make certain jokes to, to have people laugh, laugh with me, right? Um, and, and so I would be seen as cool. I would play certain sports. I would try my hardest in those sports to be the best performer in those sports so people would look at me a certain way because I had a reputation that I wanted to create and then uphold. And so I was going to people for validation. I was going to people for value. I was going to people for my worth. And guess what? When you go to people first and either God at all, not at all, or God second, um, you will be left wanting more and needing more because people don't have that much to give you in that realm, right? If you go to the, you know, some people have said like there's a hole in your heart that only God can fill. If you try to go um, to, to other people to fulfill that hole, like it's, you're just going to, it's never going to be full. It's just never going to be there. Right? It's going to be like the potholes that never get filled. And even when they get filled, they're just potholes the next day. Right? Like you're always going to have it. And I used to just go to people and try to, try to have this reputation and try to have some kind of sense of self-worth because people saw me as worthy. But, but God has given us this whole flipped on its head kind of perspective. Jesus is showing us that when you go to God first, then that allows you the capacity to treat others the way you would want them to treat you. When you're struggling, like Taylor Thompson, he told me this uh, this week, he said, uh, whenever someone comes to me and they're struggling greatly, my first question, the first question I ask them is, how's your time been with God lately? Just, and, and he says, like, it never fails. The time hasn't been good. Like, if you want to live the life Jesus is calling you to, you need to do what Jesus did. And what Jesus did is he went to the Father first and then went to the people. When he was feeling drained from the people, he went back to the Father. He went to the Father first and then went to the people. Too much, too many of us, too often times, we go to a spouse, we go to a friend, we go to a coworker, we go to a boss, we go to a subordinate, and we are expecting them to give us a classmate, a teammate. We are expecting them to give us what we need, and yet they don't have the capacity to give it. But how much easier would it be to love others when you are going to the endless well of love, God himself? How much easier would it be to listen to others um, and, and because you've been going to the one who's been listening to you the whole time? How much easier would it be to go and encourage someone when you've been encouraged by, by God himself all week? How easy would it be to care for someone when you've been being cared for by God because you've been spending time with him? Go to God first and then live out the life he's calling you to. Jesus is inviting us to go to God like a child to a father. Ask. Seek. Knock. Y'all knock. Okay, you know, I'm just trying to tell my kids. You know, they're not, they're not in here, but they need to knock on some doors. 
Amen. But maybe some of us do too. Like, oh, no, God's busy. He's got a lot going on. We'll just leave him be. We won't knock on the door. We don't want to be a burden. Y'all, Jesus is inviting you to go knock on the door. To go be with him. To go talk to him. Jesus is inviting you to be with the Father. Because here's the thing. Your Heavenly Father wants what is best for you. Your Heavenly Father wants what is best for you. No matter what it is. Like, he wants what is best for you. You may not know what that is. But I promise you, if you ask him, and you seek him, and you knock on the door, it will be given what's best for you. You will find him. And the door will be opened. So I would encourage you, like, this, this, this week, like, remember what God has given you, what he showered you with. He's might not, he's, he might not have said yes to every request, but he's definitely showered you with some, some gifts. Call those, like, call back to that. Just like a preacher calls back from the, at the end of the sermon to the beginning of the sermon, maybe you need to call back to some things in your life. You need to call back. Call your mind, call your soul back to the times when, when God did answer that prayer and, and you saw it and you knew it and he was with you because he is still. And he might not have said yes, but maybe he just said not yet. Or maybe he said, hey, I'm going to walk with you through something and I want you to learn some stuff. You're going to develop some humility. I'm going to walk with you. Will you learn from me? See, wisdom isn't just experience. It's learned from experience. Just because you got gray hairs don't mean you got wisdom. I got some. (laughs) Some gray hairs. Don't mean I got wisdom. Have I learned from what I've gone through? And the biggest question here is, have you received the greatest gift that God has offered you? He says he's a good father who gives good gifts to his kids. Have you received the gift of salvation? If you're here and you've, you've not sur- sur- surrendered to Jesus and, 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 and asked him to be your father, then I would encourage you, let's talk after service. You know, just like when you get a gift at Christmas or at a birthday, you know, you, it's wrapped up. And uh, the scriptures talk about how to unwrap that gift, to surrender to him in faith, in allegiance to confess that he is Lord, to repent of your sins and go back to him and, and then be baptized. A holistic surrender. That's what the scriptures teach. And so I'd encourage you, like, let's talk if that's not been you. But for some of you, you, you know that and you've, you've opened the gift, but maybe you need to call back your mind, call back your soul, back to all the good gifts that God showered you with. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your grace and your mercy and and just showering us with gifts that we don't even deserve. Neither one of us, none of us like in this room online, none of us actually deserve the next breath because we've sinned against you and sin brings about death. And God, we're so grateful that you're still walking with us and God help us to remember all the things that you've brought us through, all the things that you've been uh, involved in, in our lives and how much progress we've made from who we used to be to who we are now. And God help us to never grow weary of doing good help us to continue to hunger after you to hunger and thirst for righteousness God for any of us who are struggling to pray again God I pray that you would um, prompt them by the Holy Spirit to, to just draw near to you and we know that your scripture say, says that you will draw near to them we love you Jesus we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love we pray all this in your name Amen 
Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.